On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. You catch a lot of heat from the customers. And, and I just have kept a mantra for a lot of years. This has been from when I was small and just coming up even to now. I, I, my saying is, I'll keep showing up every day until you tell me not. I'll keep yeah. showing yeah. up until you tell me not. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody, I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings. I have a guest for you today, Malcolm Campbell. Dude, thanks for coming coming and being on the, on the King stage today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So obviously you're a king in the business and I want to know about, you know, some of the things along the way, but you are, you have just in our interactions so far, you have been just a fresh breath of air. And I I know I didn't tell you this before, but I was actually just, I was telling my team here right before we, we hit the go button that, that I was just, I was, I had a really good, it was just a couple of minutes with you. Last time we talked, it was just such a a fresh breath of air because I could tell you were, you were a regular guy like me. And, yeah. uh, and you cared for your folks and, and I'm really interested to get into some of that here today, but I know you're in the tile industry, but tell us, tell us like, tell us about your business. Tell us about what you do. Give us, give us a little lay of the land here. Well, I'm in, I'm in the tile industry out of Northwest Ohio. I do residential and commercial. We are a million dollar plus business and that's only been after the last couple of years. 75% of it is, is commercial. residential. We keep the residential really close to home because it's just that kind of business. It has to be, you have to be able to be close. Yep. Got to be tight. The commercial work, we do branded work for grocery stores and fast food restaurants and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But the majority of it is repetitive work for like grocery stores and fast food throughout the Great Lakes Midwest, all the way to Chicago, all the way down to Kentucky and halfway into Pennsylvania, all of, uh, Michigan, the lower peninsula, yeah, uh, Indiana, you know, we travel wow. in hotels. It's kind of like the musicians, like it's a performance. We have yeah. to deliver on time, but it's a different performance. We don't play music. I, I love that analogy because I, I think you've, you've obviously thought about that before and you've probably even said it to your team would be my guess, but that probably that, that travel lifestyle that like show up, you, you do the show and then you're out again, you know? Yeah. There's got to be some excitement to that. Probably a little bit of a drag, but 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 also some excitement. Would you agree? Yeah. In 2012, we were doing it quite a bit. My kids were younger. I was gone the entire summer. I missed out a lot. Sure. I didn't like that. My kids are both in college now. One's going to graduate next year. The other one's just starting. Yeah. And especially with COVID. And we kept going during COVID. The grocery stores were open. They were tiling their bathrooms. We were doing it. The fast food restaurants were closed. Their dining rooms. They were redoing dining rooms. We were jamming. And we were on the road a lot. And, and this time it was not a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. I acquired a group of guys that they prefer that, that, that kind of thing. A lot of hours, yeah. you know, the fellowship on the road. So it's like a, 
It's like a rock band. I, lo- I just love it. I it, it really brings me some joy when I think about it, that rock band feel, uh, especially yeah. when your guys are on the same page. It's not like you're dragging them around. They want to go. They, they want, they, they like that lifestyle, which is, I'm curious to see how you've built that. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you some questions around that. This group, this group. Yeah. But it's been a lot of iron and firing people to yeah. get to the right. Oh, I'm sure as, as all entrepreneurs go through, right. To find the right tribe, if you will, of, of, of team members, but yeah. you have a, you have an even more unique scenario where you kind of just, you're not looking just for the right attitude and, and for someone with a good skill set, like they've got to have yeah. those things plus want to have a little bit of a unique lifestyle. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. I, I said it lightly. It sounds like from your laugh. So that's good. People ask me like when COVID hit on yeah. the forums, a lot of guys that I know out on the Facebook forums, yeah. the detail, they're really good at residential, they're independence. But then when COVID came, all their contracts got canceled. I mean, everybody was calling right. in and just commenting in and they were I just lost three months of business, which was all their business backlog, you know, which is a good backlog for residential. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden they start asking me, well, how do I get into commercial? And, <laughs> and I tell them, well, well, listen to that. If you know your ACDC, the old ACDC, long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. There listen you go. Listen to the lyrics of that song because it's like that. Since, since 2008, you know, the market crashed and everything right. got real small and then we started to grow out of the ashes of that again. The path has been like that. You know, there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of get sold for cheap, secondhand, get beat up, get tools stolen, (laughs) stolen from. Yeah. (laughs) Listen to that song. It sounds like we're going to have a lot for you to be able to relate with, especially guys who are in the trades. But before, before we get into some of the, the, the difficulties that you were kind of just giving, why, why do you still do it? Why do you push hard now? You've had more success in the last couple of years, it sounds like, than than ever before. But why why are you you're 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 sitting in the truck right now? Why are you still pushing? Yeah, it's the position I, I'm in. I'm I'm thinking about taking the next step and delegating off some things that I'm doing. Like yeah. it would be better to have a I would like to hire a production manager that's putting in the miles and sticking the steering wheel and the guys back out on the jobs. Yeah. So because there's a lot I could be very useful in the office taking the step. We're about two and a half mil right now, but we could do 25 if we had some administration around. Do you follow yeah, me? hundred percent. I think that every entrepreneur out there ever has asked themselves the same question of if I have help doing these things here, how much bigger could we be? And I think that part of the reason why you are in the position that you are is because you've helped, you've, you've grabbed onto some of that, right? Like you're not yeah. doing everything yourself. You've gotten out of your way a little bit and now you're going to continue to press into that, which yeah. I love. So Let's jump in. Now we're starting to get exposed to projects that I dreamed about being involved with 10 years ago. So it's really exciting. There's still stuff to look forward to. Like right now is the first job that we're on where we're working with the really large panels. These things come in at 10 foot by five foot. This is a tile. 10 foot by five foot. Yes, that's huge. And forever and ever since I've been in tile and and the reason I'm in it, I love doing tile. I love, you can't feed your family with the feedback that you get from people, but they say you do beautiful work. And if you think about anything in the built environment, there's no, no substitute for the beauty and the, just the, the thing that tile can do on a built space. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. I'm in. Yeah. I you're so tile. right. I feel the same way about our home that we just finished up the, the tile in the master bathroom. When you walk in, you're like, Whoa. And, and it, and it literally is. 
when I was a pup, they were little. Right. Four inch by four inch tiles, like in your mid-century houses. And if it was on a floor, it was a little bit bigger and it was red or gray. And ever since then, the ladies have been saying, oh, I love tile, but I hate grout. Can you make the tiles bigger? Can you make the grout joints smaller? And now right. we have 10 foot by five foot tiles. That's crazy. Okay. No so no tell me, point. tell me, how did you get started in business? Like you just have such a unique already approach, even just in this conversation. How did you get started? I'm, I'm first born. So I think I come Makes with sense. some sort of things. Stubbornness, some, yeah, some agitation, um, you get chip on your shoulder. <laughs> I do have a fire. I do have a fire in my belly. They talk about it in entrepreneurship. I got the fire and sometimes it cuts both ways. I mean, I cut people with it. And I'm always working on that to be a better me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and totally. for the entrepreneurs out there that are that are hard drivers, especially when they're young and energetic, when they're ambitious, they can tend to run over people. I know I did. Yeah. And that's yeah. a mistake that I made in the past yeah. that helped me to retain people later on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. I think that I can relate to you for sure on that. But I think every high performer you know, really what it comes down to is that you you want to win and you have such a high standard of what excellence looks like is that you just don't, you just don't really, you don't really play into excuses well. So therefore that, that, you know, runs over folks that just don't see things the way that you do. So I think there's lots to, to, to encapsulate in that. So tell us is, is the way that you think because you're firstborn mm -hmm. or did you have like, was your family was in business or were you exposed to that in the way that you got, the way that you were raised, anything like that? No, I would say maybe it skipped a generation. My grandpa on my mom's side was a salesman. Okay. And then yeah. my grandpa on my dad's side was a, was an engineer. And uh, as I started out in tile, I went to university and I got a, a bachelor's of science in civil engineering, which is kind of like getting a doctorate in cement. <laughs> so it, it's relatable to tile. Sure. And we have some really high tech cements. And so when I work with cement and stuff like that, it's coming from that perspective, sort of like a jazz player just takes an instrument and improvs with it. And I just take the array of materials that you mix with water. And I'm yeah. just taking advantage of all the features and characteristics of these for the particular situation, whether we're going so on smart. floor, whether we're going on walls or whether we're going on ceilings, indoor, outdoor, follow me. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the intellectual aspect that yeah. you just gave to, it's not just let's cut some stuff and throw it on a wall. It's no, there's a whole science to this, to making it look beautiful. Like you described at the, Indeed. at the beginning. So, Tile is a commodity business at the entry level. It's very easy to get into for anybody. So if you have an interest in getting into a business, even if tile isn't your final thing, I mean, you, you could jump into it. The learning curve is real steep and it will punish people uh, to get up to the, to the artisan level. Right out of high school, we had, we, we had a guy that ran the youth group at church and he had a he had a union tile company of about 30 craft workers right here in Toledo, Ohio. And I went to work with him and I was sold on it from then, from the fellowship with the workers sitting around in the lunch buckets, the routine every day. And we worked yeah. closer to home because we were, we were union. So it was really structured. But because yep. I was low guy on the totem pole, we got put on all the crap. <laughs> we were sent up into Detroit to do 72 Wendy's remodels where we just redid the dining room floor for a general contractor every night or a couple of nights. It was a different restaurant. It was winter time. Yeah. The Olympics were going on. It was a change for figure skating, like never been seen before. And we used to watch the Olympics <laughs> on the TV of the truck driving up there. And I just, I just loved it. You know, 
That's awesome. And I love, I love the little things that, that take mm-hmm. us back to those, the smells, the things we were watching on the TV, you know, just those things that take us back to that moment. He you can tell that and he showed me how to do it. Exactly. He showed me. Do you think I, that I you'd be where you are today if you didn't have that influence? I didn't, if I didn't have his influence and then after college, we eventually ended up in Virginia and I worked for a home builder. So he was another small business person, but in sort of a lateral, you know, it was a broader scope for, for sure. tile business, but he, he was a small business person and he encouraged everybody to just be books on tape. You would get like a subscription and he just circulate them around the office, self-improvement stuff. Yeah. You know, like probably podcasts now. And, uh, he so. and he would take us to professional development, like the national home builders convention. And they yeah. have a bunch of educational breakouts on the sides. And I just gobbled up all of that, especially the financial stuff, the business side stuff, the marketing yeah. stuff, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, looking back to that moment where you were saying, you know, like eating up the self-development and now like, you know, potentially like podcasts that you're on giving, you know, business advice. Did you ever picture yourself here today in this environment here? Like, you know, kind of giving back if you will, because you've been successful. Yeah, it would be those guys that came before me showed me both the business mentors, the owners of the business, and also like the installers that impressed upon me about like how to be, you know, I, I took time to inventory each of the, especially when I was working at the union company, I had the opportunity to work with quite a few mechanics right. and they all had different habits, some good, some bad, take the right. best, leave the rest, you know, yeah. some of them were my mentors, you know, so Yeah. That approach of uh, take the best, leave the rest, I think is great because there's so much information out there, especially today. Some that's helpful. Even I even have guys that aren't at the seven figure level yet that, you know, kind of want to do things inside their business, you know, to grow it faster, but they have to master the, the little things before they can get to there. And so some of the information, even though it's good information, it's not applicable for today. And so you yeah. kind of got to quiet the noise in some of those. I love that. Take the best, leave the rest. I want to I want to ask you some questions about your like good decisions, bad decisions, because that's really where yeah. I feel like we can learn a bunch about your history. So yeah. speaking kind of about some of these things along the lines that you're remembering, what what was something that you remember doing or, or deciding on that was a good decision? Something that you can look back and go, this moment you know, changed everything for me. When I invited Adrian, who's my estimator, and now project manager, and he could very well take over the business someday. He was over here on a student visa working with a group of Romanian tile setters that I know of. And he latched onto me. He was about 19, had just graduated engineering school in Romania, and was over here on tourist visa working with his girlfriend's Ken, okay. uh, doing tile work up there. And, and, and it slowed down for a minute. And I said, Hey, because he was into engineering, and I was kind of selling on the idea of what. It was like for me when my my tile business owner mentor brought me in and showed me how to estimate. I said, why don't right. you come to my office in Toledo now that we're slow and I'll show you, I'll unpack and show you how we go about getting these jobs. Yeah. And that turned out to be a really good decision. He really latched on to it. Okay. And he, he, he took it to the next level. And now if you talk to the person that signs the checks, she says he's the highest paid employee that I should make more money. He got, okay, so the best decision I made, right, was to give him a cut of the sales, right? Yeah. So he's in the business on the, as a salesman. Totally. And then we got he got us so busy 
And I used to be in charge of uh, ordering materials, you know, project management, project engineering, inbound logistics. Yeah. And uh, he got us so busy and I was so running all over the place driving that I would never stop to open up the blueprints on these contracts that he got us to do the detail stuff that's necessary because when you write a purchase order for a couple thousand square feet of tile, better be right. Better not be too much and it better not be too little. That's right. You want to get it right, you know? So I eventually delegated that to him and I doubled his percentage because now he was taking on project management. Yeah. So he's totally grown. And I'm proud of him. I was going to say, before you said I'm proud of him, I was getting ready to ask, do you feel like it was a good decision? Uh, Obviously, it's been a good decision for the business. But yeah. are you as excited looking back at that decision for him as you as you are now for like what the impact has been on the business? Well, just could you ask that? I mean, if you ask me like next year, year prior, but right now, I would say we're we're experiencing burnout. We're we just feel like we've been over allocated for too long. Yeah, and there's just not capacity out there. I don't get really aggressive with uh, trying to hire people because I kind of know where we are in the business cycle and anybody that's not good, responsible, caring, conscientious type of tile person. If they're that kind of person, they're busy and they're over allocated and they're probably just making bank too. And I couldn't give them a reason to jump off of what they're doing to come over and do it with us. Meanwhile, folks that are available are coming with a host of problems. Issues. Yeah. I can yeah. For you. Like, so, so is the strategy there just to kind of bear down for a period of time and, and kind of make it through or, or yeah, hire other key roles around it? Yeah. 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 You put it on your back, just sort of like circle the wagons and just say a couple of things. You say, I can do bad all by myself. Cause you know, if you hire one of those bad guys to just mess, mess things up and you'll be even slower and less profitable. And then the other thing is you catch a lot of heat from the customers and, and I just have kept a mantra for a lot of years. This has been from when I was small and just coming up even to now. I, my saying is, I'll keep showing up every day until you tell me not. To. I'll keep yeah. showing yeah. up until you tell me not. To. But we catch a lot of heat from people. Can't you get more people? Can't you get here sooner? Can't you hop, skip, jump? And it's just difficult. But yeah, so I would say we're on burnout. And we work, we work a 24-hour schedule like, Today, we're working today, but we're going to flip tonight shift because we've got, we're on a residential doing this large panel, but a couple of guys that are working today are going to go up and it's a light night on a couple hours. we got to drive three hours to get there to do the gig. And then those guys are going to be on that thing. So I'll be working until about, I'll probably get home around midnight tonight. And then I'll be back out here at the lake. We'll be leaving at seven in the morning to come out here at the lake. And then I've hired a new crew. So we have hired a new crew on a crew but the strategy that i do for hiring is i usually wait till people ask me for a job so this crew asked me for a job and we're putting them on some other night grocery store work starting tomorrow night so i'll be probably exhausted come wednesday oh i'm sure yeah and which which you already said you know it's funny at the beginning is that you already have identified some of those things you need to start offboarding so that you can grow even more and it's this tug pull that every entrepreneur especially at a high level thinks about is that okay, like I got too much on my plate, but I know we can do more. I know I can add more to it, but obviously the magic formula there of, you know, growing your team and then even key roles inside of the team are what's Mm going to allow you to do that most likely systems. 
So, okay. So that was a good decision. You hired, you hired well, you've yeah. trained and mentored a, a very key role inside the business. Yeah. What about a bad decision? What'd you do along the way that we should stay, stay away from? Well, uh, given, I, I think giving people too much rope is one of them. I would say that's a quick one. Referring back to that ACDC song, it just get used, beat up, sold secondhand. I've had a lot of temporary employees with personal problems that have cost me a lot of money. I actually one time did an inventory of how much money they cost me and, and, and just called that the, the, the unit cost of employee acquisition. And right. that number was up around $7,000 at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, knew I, had, I had to get better on hiring people. And we, I did yeah. implement a thing a few years back that has actually been a good barrier and a good, good measuring stick. Okay. For once you, cause you have to experience people in the craft, to see how they work, see what their habits 100%. are, yeah. see if they actually have the knowledge and stuff like that. So, right. Okay. So it, do you, do you mind sharing what that measuring stick is? Yeah. I call it the fundamental five. They're the five, just five, five fundamentals that I grade people on in a tile business. And I, and I give them each hashtags. One of them is grout man. So tile grout, right. Yep. The other one is cut man making cuts. Yep. The other one is mix man, mixing mud. And then the other two are sort of logistical. Uh, one of them relates to care and acquisition of tools. We call that one quartermaster. And then the other one is basically everything that when you get to the job, actually, when before you get to the job, you're at the shop and you make preparations by making sure the right kit is in the, is in the truck, right. in the trailer. You get to the job. It's all the, the unpacking of that stuff in a logical order arrangement around the job site we have some standard stuff like the saw location the mix location and then yeah. actually where the work is happening yeah so measure people on those five five different dimensions so like a baseball player you know they probably run yeah. hits you know whatever so i yeah i grade people on the fundamental five whether they're never done tile before but can read a tape measure to sure. really solid help to transitioning what we call improver to what I call apprentice, which is actually starting to handle the tile, but you, yeah. you always have to have a journeyman explainer over top of you to keep an eye on stuff while it's still wet. So we can unwind things while it's still wet. Cause it's really easy to change life and tile when it's still wet. But once it gets set in concrete, it's 10 it's times tough. hard. That's right. That's right. Whether they're helper level or even journeyman, or even I self-evaluate myself. Like when you say to yourself, Hey, I need to get organized. So, you know, you know, you're talking about the fundamentals, you know? Yeah. I think every great, especially athlete, right? Like always refers back to the fundamentals. And for mm -hmm. you, it's those five areas. If you can do these five areas well, then yeah. you're most like, as well as uh, maybe outside of that, like you've got, you're probably checking out an attitude, work ethic, speed or, or quality, like other things that you're checking to look at, but those are the five areas I love how you've broken it down. I also love the name slash hashtag that you've given each one because it gamifies it. It makes it plausible. It makes it fun, especially since you've already kind of described your crew as kind of like a, you know, a band. And, and I'm sure everybody kind of gives everybody, you know, the, the chance to see what they can do in those, in those titles, which is great. And then we made a companion to the fundamental five called tile wisdom, which is sort of like the 10 commandments of tile. I love it. What are they? Well, one of them, everybody in the tile business knows is called God, grout, and grab. So, or it might be Newton says a thing at rest tends to stay at rest, but it's not like it's hollow underneath. So it's not bonded, but uh -huh. it's going to stay there because gravity, 
yeah. the ground around it, and hopefully it stays there because of God. <laughs> the three G's of tile. So everybody knows that. So they That's get awesome. buying the tile wisdom when they see that one. But another one is one that my original mentor that taught me the tile business taught me how to estimate. He brought me in and he says, he says, the guy with the pen can make the biggest mistake bigger than any one of these tile guys out there. You just miss a zero or something like that. So in here, in this office, there's only A's and F's. So we have tile wisdoms. There's only A's and F's. No customers to, you just do F work. Oh. A's get paid. F's get F. Yep. Yep. Wow. I mean, so straightforward. And and I mean, if you, if you have a problem with one of those, it's, you're probably not a good fit is really what it comes down to. I had high standards operated at a high level. We, we, we've done the certifications to become in the exclusive club in the trade association, five star of the quality labor union, quality labor movement, which is a really good marketing positioning for anybody in the tile business to be in the quality labor movement is it's all about standards and methods and the industry has a book that architects and engineers and the courts rely on for what it is for tile and they have a section in there that describes quality labor movement is that because tile is handmade it's only as good as the people that lay the tile and because it's a permanent installation it's not something you change like a paint color Although McDonald's and Wendy's and Kroger and Aldi, they seem to change it like paint. But because it's a permanent installation, it's often better to select your service provider, not based on the lowest price, but who is most qualified. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, oh yeah. I think everybody in the trades would agree. I, I think even outside of that, like when you're thinking of, you know, a marketing company or a like retail franchise, or even in real estate, like. You, there's always the different levels, right? You can go with the cheap and you can go with the most expensive or the most valuable, depending upon on how you're looking at it. And I do the same thing even with, you know, for years with my staff and teams inside of Edible Arrangements, the retail franchise that, that I still mm-hmm. own several locations of. And because if, if people wanted fruit, like just like a, a fruit tray, they would go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. They don't come to Edible Arrangements for a fruit tray. They come to Edible Arrangements to be able to deliver wow to someone right? Or, or yeah. love or, or sympathy or something. They're trying to deliver a feeling mm-hmm. through fruit and chocolate covered fruit. And so it's mm-hmm. the same thing, right? Like if you have that different yeah. perspective of yeah. what the end result can look for or what the value of the end result brings that person, then yeah. that's when you look at the certification, you go, okay, well, this is the person's either certified or they're not, or they're an artisan or they're not. And what am I yeah. looking for? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that perspective, especially with you being in the commercial side, because I think a lot of times the commercial in the flow of things kind of just gets thought of as just like big, bulky, not very artistic or quality. It's just kind of like, yeah. you know, but bulk you to, is really. I'll, I'll tell you, as being a road warrior, you have to have a certain common sense standard, even though it's commercial work, people, it's not their home. People are more forgiving on quality issues, but you don't want to stick a quality issue into a job just because it would take 20 minutes more to, to buff it. You know what I mean? Right. We would rather take the 20 minutes out here on a road. We have a mentality where we will take the 20 minutes to buff a thing. If we, especially if we're like three hours from home, Yeah. take the 20 minutes to buff the thing is better than to get a phone call when you want to be 
three hours the other way, but now you got to do a six hour one way trip to go fix a thing and six hours back to a job. Yeah. So that yeah. 20 minutes, you don't compromise. You don't settle for quality issues out on the road. Yeah. And I think that that's acceptable for the industry, but I love, I love the standard of excellence that you've described because that's really what brings back, you know, future business also is not just not having to go back and fix it. It's if you can provide an experience for them that was replicatable, duplicatable and high quality, they're going to call you for the next Wendy's or the next, whatever they're, they're building. And Indeed. so then that now we're talking about future business. That smart business, the repeat business that we have is, is strong. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Also the nature of it is once you get your regular journeyman people, show them a bathroom for a Kroger or show show them finishes that Aldi's doing or even Burger King. Once they see the one unit, then we go to the next job. It's the same thing. They can self-manage themselves and have good success. And we yeah. can, I can manage the job remotely by phone call, you right. know, and we pull the before. materials off of the job and bring them back to the shop and short order the next unit, you know, right. so we get efficiency of being, you know, not throwing away extra materials, which construction is notorious. Totally. Yep. I love it. Okay. I want to hop over to the speed round here with you. I got some questions I'm going to hit you hopefully right, right in the forehead with, but I want one word answers if possible. If not, I'll dig in a little bit more. The first okay. question is this, Malcolm, if you could only choose one metric to track inside of the business forever and ever going forward, what would you track? Profit per man day. Mm, love the breakdown of that. Tell me why that's important to you. Because when I was taught to estimate for tile work, we do labor, we sell labor, we sell skilled labor, yeah. we sell it one day at a time, and the market will allow you a reasonable profit for what it is that you sell, whether it's widgets or a skilled. And so we do it based on profit per man day. It's been fairly consistent even since the time that my mentor was a pup in the early 70s. And so it, it kind of fluctuates in a range, just sales 101, right? Yeah. And if the economy is getting difficult, you need to bid your jobs with lower profit per man day, which involves discounting and expanding your range that you're willing to travel to do them. Right. Yeah. And yeah, then, there's different indicators um, along the way that you can move the needle. And then I oftentimes will get phone calls where people will say my tile guy is up and left. And I try and analyze the fundamentals of the, of the deal and the mandates required, the, the budget that they have and see if profit per mandate is in there. If it's, if it's above a certain number, it, it, it makes better business as opposed to if it's below a certain So this is how I make yeah. a lot of decisions as you can see, profit per mandate. I love it. I love it. Okay. What book would you recommend that a six-figure owner read? Well, I like the memoirs of Jesse Livermore, the, the memoirs of a stock operator. Okay. That's a really good, especially for people that are in sales or analyzing the market, you know, sure. trading stocks is marketing, right? Analyze the market. I like that one. That's a good book. I recommend that. Good. Next question. Do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Yes. Okay. And why? Well, it feeds a certain need for social connection with like-minded sure. people. The Facebook groups have been very, very useful where that's concerned. Yeah. And yep. I do have a group of associates through, throughout the country and some overseas, you know, so 
each of them exists a possible pathway and some of them have been pathways that we've begun to walk together. You know, like I have an associate that has, he's running probably under a million dollars, but probably around $800,000 a year in South Florida. And we're, we're tight. Sometimes I think about just selling everything that I have up here and just move down to Florida. And then he can be that guy out in the field. Like I see, we're both that guy. Right. And then I, yeah. he says, you can be that guy in the office. Plus we want to build a slab shop. Oh boy. Another slab shop, but no, we're tile guys <laughs> trying to get the tech involved with not doing countertops, but doing slab showers. Cause the ladies sure. want slab showers. Yeah. You know, I so big that it makes sense to do it. You know, like they do countertop, they come out and laser measure and then send the data back to the shop and they cut it with a water jet and all, you know, right. and yep. head crane stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just, my wife and I just built our home. So we went through that process mm -hmm. with the countertops, but that's so interesting that, cause that's what, that's what masterminding has been for me a lot. Um, whether guys, friends of mine or even clients over the years is that it, it sometimes turns into business deals. Like whether you go do a business together or we, we invest in something, a project together at the same time, but it's like you're, you're creating this like-mindedness and trust, relationship, community, like you said, yeah. where we can do additional things together outside of even just the going back and forth on like, hey, what'd you, what'd you, what'd you do that worked? Here, what, mm -hmm. what'd you do that didn't work? You know, like just the basics of, of masterminding. So that's great. Last question for you, ready? Yeah. If you only had one hour, each day to run your business. Yeah. How would you do it? One hour to run my business. That's it. That's all you get. What's the, what's the end of the question? If I had one, how hour would you do one, it? How, how would, would you I run do it? it? How would you do it? Yep. I wouldn't look at email because I don't look at email. I got email bankruptcy. That's right. Uh, how would I run it? Well, I would probably look, my business seems to be somewhat cyclical on the month, the business, the business of running like the back office business. I mean, if it were, if it were week one, I would focus on, you say one day, one hour a day, one hour a day, the first week that hour would be dedicated to recapping change orders from the prior month and sending those out to the customer, staying on top of those. Week two is all about receivables. Week three is, is, um, see the moving the money turning. out the door because the, the second week you catch money. Yeah. So week, week three would be moving money to your vendors and the tax man and credit cards. And uh, week four is, is billings. There you go. Well, you've, you've heard it here folks. Honestly, Malcolm, what I got from you, just a real quick recap for, for the listener. I, I try to do this sometimes just to pull out some nuggets, but I, I hear passion for your industry. Every time that you've given an answer, I hear passion for the industry. I hear excitement for what's yet to come for the industry, for your guys, for the projects that you have going on. I just, there's a level of energy and optimism that you carry that is, is cont contagious, honestly. And, and then through that, I think that you've, you've just been really nimble, really flexible. I mean, obviously the way that you run their business right now with a traveling, you know, music band, basically that yeah. that's a, that's a very unique lifestyle and flexible. And so you've, you've bent the needs of basically you and your team to fit probably more of what you're looking for, like the end result for you and both your, your team. And so I just love your flexibility as well as just your, your standard to excellence. I think that mm -hmm. if I was walking away today, trying to implement something that you have shared, it would be 
make sure I'm passionate and excited about what I'm doing. Make sure that there's flexibility in the day-to-day and how I treat my people. And then make sure that there's like an experience that I'm delivering for my client that is yeah. unforgettable and, and a standard of excellence that's like no other. Did I, yeah. did I recap it well enough? Yeah, that sounds like us. Thank you. Thank That's you. awesome, yeah. brother. Well, yeah. we so appreciate you being. How, how does someone connect with you? You've mentioned Facebook groups. You've mentioned you know different ways to connect. How, how would if someone heard you today and they wanted to connect with you on online or, or or another way? How would they find you? I'm on Facebook at Malcolm Campbell, the Malcolm Campbell out of Toledo, Ohio, home of the Mud Hens. There might be a lot of Tylers from Toledo, but there's only one Tyler. Or the Mud Hens are affectionately called the Mud Ducks. And there's only one tile guy out of Toledo that has a handle on Twitter at mud duck, M U D D U C K K. There you duck. go. There's your guy, the mud duck. Or any of those other things. That's all right. You can find him on Facebook or you can find him on Twitter. I just so appreciate you coming, man. I know that you're, you're in between jobs. You got the mobile office there today. I appreciate the value that you've given to not only just myself, but the listeners. We wish you we wish you nothing but success. But but again, just thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chaz, for championing this. I think it's uh, useful and and it's I found myself listening to each, you know, I wanted to binge on your podcast. So yeah, you're with this this space of interviewing doers that have broken through that level and that's awesome yeah i appreciate that man thank you thanks for finding me yeah absolutely thanks for listening to gathering the kings we hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond if you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there i want you to go to gatheringthekings.com that's gatheringthekings.com And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.